0: all right guys welcome back to the podcast episode number something what's the number of episodes that we have i can't even remember um crap i need to find my own podcast uh episode 18 episode 18 wow i need to get this down before i start putting this out (laughs) uh welcome back um Today, we are brought to you by Brownells. Brownells is technically a show sponsor since they do give us money for things. Uh, And then, um, so there we go. Brownells, huge shout out to them where I got a lot of things um, where you can go pick up. uh, This is not a video podcast whatsoever, but I'm currently holding a KE Arms, KE 9mm PCC thing that I have acquired via Brownells and KE Arms. So you can go pick one of these up very soon at Brown Owls. Um, and then hopefully some good news will come here in the future to where maybe you guys will be able to acquire one for very, very little money. Um, and then, yeah, uh, stick around for that. And then uh, we'll talk about um, how much I hate Delta Team Tactical and their stupid social media people. Uh, and then we will talk about how much I love ke arms because uh, they have also they've also uh, done stuff with burnelles we're gonna get into night vision stuff so night vision accessories um, since I used to work with night vision and I'm currently on my way to buying night vision so it is it's molar time. so, We're going to talk about that today and all the stuff that you can find at Brownells. So go check out Brownells. There will be a link in the show notes for Brownells. Actually, it'll go to my link tree, which has Brownells, because I don't think that I'm allowed to directly link to Brownells. But if you go over there, if you use Brownells 40, you get $40 off of $300 or more. And if you use Brownells 10, you get $20 off of, no, $15 off of like 150 100, I believe. 150 so 15 off 150 and then brownells 40 will get you uh, $40 off $300 or more so go check out brownells they're pretty awesome um and uh, then if you th- have 315 315 or more oh 315 or more i'm sorry so you have to spend an extra $15 buy condoms or something whatever else Brownell sells on the side um tactical condoms <laughs> tactical condoms for your tactical <laughs> ar9s Um, And then, uh, because you don't want to get a bitch pregnant with this. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Brownells. Um, So you, uh, yeah, go buy whatever else get you to that 315 threshold so you can take $40 off pretty much eliminates tax is pretty much what you're doing. Just order two mags and send one to yeah. each of us. Order two gold magazines because if they're $40 for two mags, I mean No,
1: no, no, no. For the extra $15. Oh, oh
0: the extra. No. I'm sorry. Why was I thinking that? I'm I must be high today, guys. I apologize. <laughs> um I'm not a user of narcotics in any way um unless nicotine is considered a narcotic then i am definitely a user (laughs) so
1: is uh mike ever gonna hop on with us
0: you know people are gonna start asking for proof of life (laughs) see what's funny is he posts to instagram all the time so mike i do feel bad that you're not here in fact i'm gonna text him right now see if he wants to hop on so let me see if i can do that so you fill up some time talk about what you were uh what you've got going on right now all
1: right well i threw that um The Magpul K2 plus grip on that AR9 lower that has been sitting uh, without a grip for quite some time. Um, So that's together. I'm excited to get that out there. It does have one of the KAK blade um,
0: braces on it. You know, so many people shit on me for that brace. So many people, they're like, you build all these high-end guns and then you put this crappy little brace on there. And I'm like, yeah, you want to know why? Because it's cheap and I built a high-end gun. I don't care what I put on the other end of it. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, I—if i if I could find them because they're so hard to find right now, I would rather throw an SBA-3 on it.
0: Go on Amazon. They're like 15 bucks on Amazon. They're cheap Chinese knockoffs, but I'm totally going to do it. I don't even care at this point. I'm going to pay fifteen because SB Tactical. I'm sorry. I know that it's USA jobs and all that other stuff, and I wholly support buying American. But I feel like I bought one of your braces. I'm allowed to now buy five Chinese knockoffs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> five Chinese knockoffs. I you know I I've been I was scouring the internet. The only place I can really find, um, that seems to have them is Palmetto.
0: Yeah, and then they sell out in about eight and a half seconds.
1: Well, you have to buy it as a kit.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, no, not have. So you
1: Sorry. buy it as like, yeah, so you buy it as the brace and the lower parts kit. And I'm like, I don't need the lower parts kit.
0: I feel like, I feel like Palmetto, if they could, like if it wasn't an ITAR violation, they would sell Chinese gun parts. <laughs> like, like, you be like,
1: probably spot on.
0: $8 AR-15, wholly made in China out of pot metal, will only shoot 12 rounds, but they would sell that. They would be like, yes. <laughs> let's sell it by a 10 year old (laughs) and then they would slap some like red white and blue pro freedom shit on there because they know that shit sells too because all the dummies on the internet like here's the thing i (laughs) don't mind bear creek arsenal i don't mind it like i think that they make cheap stuff i'm gonna say cheap i don't know i wouldn't necessarily call it how about we just say usable sure usable usable (laughs) wallet friendly um if you're in that category um i mean where else can you buy an ar-15 barrel for 95 bucks uh but
1: actually uh i'm branded ar as i'm right around that price point regularly it doesn't but they're a manufacturer so
0: Okay. Yeah. Manufacturers, I mean, white label armory can sell them for like 120 a piece. So, I mean,
1: yeah, not, I think they're, I think they're right around that. But. Yeah.
0: So I think they're all kind of like base tier stuff and and don't get me wrong, like white label armory, uh, Bear Creek Arsenal, unbranded AR and a couple other forging houses and, and, and manufacturing houses all make stuff that like BCM and CAC and all those guys use so yeah don't 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 get this saying like I'm I'm crapping on Bear Creek Arsenal what I'm saying though is the two barrels that I've owned from Bear Creek Arsenal one came to me with an extension that wasn't attached for lack of a better word I pulled it out of the box and the extension (laughs) fell on the ground (laughs) and then the other one came to me and I couldn't get it to group I mean I had 13 inch groups and then I had a 6.5 Grendel um, upper that i bought from them. This is when I first got into shooting. So you guys can call me horrible and all sorts of names. Um, but, uh, this is when I first got into shooting. I had a six, five Grendel upper, a 24 inch six, five Grendel upper. Cause I, apparently I wanted a lightsaber as a, as a upper receiver. So I bought that and every 30 rounds, I had to put a new extractor in it. So that was the extent of my bear Creek arsenal, um, stuff and I got tired of it. Also, I thought that 65 Grendel is not a good AR-15 round. I think it would be a great bolt gun round because 65 Grendel mm. um, I feel like it would just do better out of a bolt gun than it would out of an AR-15. I mean it's That's a me. precision round. Yeah. So I mean don't it would give me... be
1: better in it would be better in a bolt gun over a
0: Yeah. Plus yeah. I can get 6.5 Grendel steel case, which <laughs> you know big shift the
1: gears here (laughs)
0: let's let's be 100 honest guys if i'm buying a six five grand old bolt gun the only thing i'm going to be shooting is steel case (laughs) i shoot a lot of steel case so um yeah Uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna skirt right around that let's talk about the kp9 and then you were talking about your ar9 lower so let's you talk about that and i'll talk about the kp9 Uh, I mean,
1: I kind of ran through all mine. I threw the, uh, yeah, yeah, I threw threw the grip on there, um, which was the Magpul K2 Plus. Initial impression on that, you know, I'm used to uh, being spoiled by my Stippler Center Customs. Mm -hmm. Um, So at first I was like this grip. Kind of huge feels.
0: sponsorship idea center customs you can send me a thousand dollars and we'll shout you out <laughs> on everything <laughs> <laughs> but
1: he uh yeah I mean I'm I'm used to and a couple of my buddies have held uh like my SBR um lower and the texturing on that is like aggressive. I got, I guess I've got some good calluses on my hands so I don't really notice it
2: mm. but
1: um I mean I notice it but it's not as much it tears up the gloves I had over the winter I tore them up <laughs> but uh, uh but the like the, holding the magpole grip compared to that i don't know my first impression i was like i'm gonna hate this thing oh really and then and then i put it on the gun and i was like eh, we might be able to get by with this like i might not hate it but it's not what i'm used to there you go and yeah, you know, I'm pretty OCD, so like me, it's like consistency. Well, you, you're the not horror. used
0: to bigger things in your hand, you know. So <laughs> yeah, the K two, the K two so. plus, isn't
1: it? Yeah, thicker, right? Uh, it's the uh, overmold, so they have a plastic inside, and then it's got the rubber outside.
0: Oh no, I would not like that at all.
1: Yeah, it, it feels weird. Like it's uh, that it, you can feel the rubber. Like you can feel that it gives a little bit. It's mm. cushiony. That's what she said. Think, you can feel
0: the rover. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, have you sh- you haven't shot with it yet? I take it. No, I still
1: need to. Uh, I I finished that upper, but I still need to figure out what I'm going to do optic wise. I might go out and like test it with nothing on, just make sure it runs good. And I don't need to swap the buffer. Or I set it up exactly how I did my AR nine SPR. Same buffer, same spacer same spring um so the only difference is the the barrel length is a little shorter and with the blowback i don't know how that's going to impact i'm assuming it's going to run again perfect that's my hmm. other
0: one runs perfect <laughs> interesting yeah i have no idea i'm i still haven't shot my tp 9 i'm hoping on my lunch break tomorrow i can run over to the range and spend eight dollars and go shoot it for a little bit um I'm dying then, to hear the
1: review on that and how how you uh, what you think of it because I know well, you aren't big on them.
0: I was ho- so yeah, I'm not. I think I think you okay, here's my gripe with PCCs. <laughs> you took you took two things from a rifle and a pistol and you grabbed you know what? We're going to we're going to take the two worst things that we can get. The length of a rifle and the pistol caliber of the Bullet, and we're going to mash them together. So, you just created the shittiest thing you could do. I mean, you, th- here's the thing like, there are dudes who like the, the, those chassis systems that you put your 320 in and you, or your Glock or whatever, what, what yeah. are those oh, yeah. Flux wow. defense. Um, and the CAA. Well, there's the flex.
1: Yeah. The CAA. That yeah, was the, the one I was thinking.
0: Those of. things. And, you, you know, sweet. Like, that would be something I could see because you have, you have a handgun and then you have like a, like a bigger handgun that is shoulderable, um, and you could you could run that if you need be, and then you could you know drop your handgun out, and then you can use your handgun when you need to use a handgun. Um, and I feel like that would be worth it, but I feel like this ungodly thing is literally only meant for competition or Californians. I don't know yet, and um, I just I'm I'm not I'm not happy with pccs at all like i don't like the only pistol caliber carbine i've ever enjoyed shooting was the bnt ghm9 partially a and bougie b it's expensive c it looks like every n- nostalgic 90s movie submachine gun i want besides the mp5
1: now like, what's the well,
0: barrel length on those though uh seven hmm. and a half inches in like a four inch barrel yeah
1: see i, I think that's where i mean like your setup that you have there is the 16 inch barrel. And honestly, with like the PCCs, I mean, you know, I'm in like a weird state, so I'm stuck with like length restrictions. So even my SBR, I'm running a 11 and a half inch barrel, but on a PCC, the powder, like the powder is burnt up by like five inches, like after a five inch barrel.
0: So your powder is all burnt up by the time it gets to the end of your dick. I guess. Not your <laughs> I mean, dick, but it is, you know, some other yeah, yeah,
1: guy, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, the, the barrel is, uh, when you're running a 16 inch barrel, you're just picking up crazy velocity and something small like uh, the nine millimeter. I mean, it's a great round to suppress. So, I, in my opinion, that's really what PCCs where they get fun is when you're able to uh, slap the can on it and uh, run quiet.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I left I left them, I left it without a muzzle device because my buddy has a nine millimeter can that I can direct thread on there. So I think I might do that um, and try it. Try it suppressed. Uh, I think I'll need like a thirteen pound buffer though if I'm going to shoot it suppressed. Do you have to shoot when you when you shoot yours suppressed? Does it pick up? I'm any? running
1: same. I mine runs great with that five point four ounce buffer, uh, that three oh eight buffer spring, and then that spacer. I run it suppressed, unsuppressed. No issues at all. It runs the same both ways. Interesting. And I was even running, um, I ran I ran those federal 150 grain um red SynTech, which are some of like the best rounds uh to suppress through uh pistol. <laughs> um but when you put them, they aren't truly subsonic. Um and I even I had issues running those through. My Glock 19, but then running them through uh,
0: my SBR it ran like there wasn't the Syntec, enough. To... the syntech is not meant for handguns it's not meant to run in handguns really yes, it's only it, it was literally made for Pccs
1: Oh, I ran it through my uh polymer 80s did it work there yeah on this on the I think I might have' run it through my thirty four too I've run it through pretty much all except for my one uh gucci 19 that i have wouldn't cycle mm. and I,
0: but i've run it through i'm pretty sure a 19 and a 34 so i have some smb 147 grain uh, fmj i have or maybe it's a 124 grain i don't know uh i have pmc bronze so i'm going to run 50 rounds of the 124 hold on let me look at it real quick hold on yeah those
1: are still going to be uh talking okay yeah they're they're still going to be uh supersonic when you're running through the 16 inch
0: i can't remember what this is oh 124 grain smb so these are these aren't going to be subsonic i know that for sure i thought they were 147 grain but they're but they right
1: now and we i know we talked about this a few podcasts ago but right now subsonic stuff is impossible to find i sent you that um, link yeah i i was browsing that and i there was some there was a couple of reviews that were a little shaky that had me hold off. Oh. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you got those and run those through the 16-inch barrel, that'll stay subsonic. But when you're running, um, I mean, even those those Federal rounds are like 870 feet per second or something like that, or 970. But the thing is, when you, when you hit a, a barrel length, from what my research, I think it was around like 10 and a half inch Plus, the round has now picked up enough velocity that it's supersonic. Oh, okay. Whereas well, with the the subsonic rounds, there's different powder, so it it keeps it
0: subsonic. I'm going to be wholly um, honest when it comes to shooting suppressed. I don't care if I'm shooting subsonic or not. Um, even if it's coming out of a nine millimeter, it is. My goal in shooting suppressed is just to take the edge off. It's never to like go hardcore so like i'm not i'm not trying to be like ultra quiet you know what's that guy splinter cell when he like comes down and like shoots people yeah. with his hk uh i'm not trying to be that dude
1: Yeah, you're not you're not chasing decimals
0: yeah i'm not a I'm not a decibel chaser i know that there are and there's nothing wrong with the guys out there who want who want to buy like a 13 and a half foot long can and shoot like 22 long rifle ultra quiet rounds and never hear a shot being fired like i totally get that like that's on you like have at it but that's not me. Like, I'm going to put a K on this guy and, and and I'll run the shit out of it and I don't really care. Or a three baffle or something like that. Like, there's no... Uh, you got to
1: make sure, because uh, we're on video, so they don't know what you're talking about here. But you're, you're yeah. holding up the uh, the 5.56. Five,
0: yeah, so I have my, my uh, Sons of Liberty Gunworks 13.9 uh, that has a dead air chemo on the end of it, uh, chemo muzzle device and uh i i usually just run like a dead air sandman or something like that on there so okay. um nah, i'm not running i'm not i'm not trying to run anything crazy like i like the k cans uh hold on mike text me back proof of life <laughs> <laughs> Mike, mike mike you're still alive right <laughs> no. um but no so along with that what i'm saying is um I I like suppressors only to take the edge off. I don't want to add nine feet to the end of my gun. So that's why i like, when I get my Sandman, it's going to be a K. When I get my other, it's I like I like three baffle can that I've been running that my buddy has wow. that I'm totally going to buy from him, uh, which people seem to think is a blast forwarding device. It's not a blast forwarding device. This is actually a suppressor. It only has three baffles though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot remember
1: who it is, but I'm going to have to look into it. Somebody makes a, essentially a one baffle can
0: mm-hmm. that,
1: is, that is actually considered like a blast can.
0: Oh, wit machine.
1: I don't think it's them. There's somebody else.
0: No, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about because the, the, it's their special muzzle device and you square the thing on the end and it's, it's a blast forwarding device. But technically, like, it, it, it has technically altered the sound from what people are saying. Like, oh, it's changed the sound.
1: I, that's I, I don't think I, I think it's another company. They might be doing something similar though. I can't remember what the, what it's called.
0: I don't know, I don't know either. To be honest, I think the Wit machine mod one looks really cool and I would totally run that um, because I'm that's able to quick. accept different, um, attachments on the end so you could you could run that with like your asr mounts and stuff like that from what i've heard the internet will correct me and i will inevitably be wrong um but no i like i like modular cans i don't know too much about direct thread cans um but i I mean i don't know i'm
1: not i haven't messed with any well other than like my pistol can i haven't really messed with direct thread I really like the idea of being able to change it between different platforms. And um, I mean, if you're on a 30 cal can on a 5.56, you can still swap it over to something else and run 308 or 300 blackout. That's the real nice thing about doing a 30 cal can over just doing a proprietary
0: uh, 5.56. Let's send Mike the link. Um, Oh, he's coming. (laughs) I'm going to invite him now. Give me one second. You talk to the people.
1: All right. I'm checking out this wit machine uh, mod one now. Are you talking about the sound migration?
0: Sound mitigation device or some shit like that?
1: Yeah, mitigation. That's it.
0: Yeah, their whistle tip or some shit. I can't remember what they call it.
1: Yeah, it looks like a blast device. The, The one I'm talking about is literally supposedly enclosed. Like really? it, it's literally like a one baffle can, and somehow that got approved as a um, as like a uh, flash hider, or a flash can.
2: <laughs> <clears throat>
1: but I, I think any of those, um, I mean, like the Noves- Novesky flaming pig or the uh, KAK can, I think any of those just divert the sound forward and um, alter what you normally would hear at the ear interesting
0: yeah i don't know those those stupid flash cans like the novesky flaming pig and stuff i've never been a fan of them i know guys that are uh and they're like yeah and i'm like no
1: i mean the only one i would run and you know i'm a little biased but it is that rugged one that i mentioned before like the rx because it threads onto the rugged uh muzzle devices really yeah so i at some point um I might end up doing one of those
0: just as a extra, extra thing. Apparently my invite didn't send to him. Hold on. Keep talking to the people. <laughs> um, so what are you interested in for, uh, for um, uh, like, what muzzle devices do you run?
1: Uh, I mean, it depends. If we're talking like nine millimeter, I've been using those Angusted dead arms, uh, three log adapters. They they actually are like a A2 flash hider, but it has the three log portion on the back, um, which is awesome. I really I really like that design. Um, That's part of the reason why I want to change my rail on my. um, If you saw my post in my Insta story, um, I want to change the rail on my AR9 SBR because I'm running a 12 inch rail on an 11 and a half inch barrel. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I did learn. That AR9 barrels, because they don't have a barrel extension, are actually shorter than like a 5.56 barrel because the 5.56 barrel has the extension on the back.
0: Yeah. Well, you got to remember it's got the extensions because that's where the bolt locks into. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. But I I didn't realize like when you're referring to like an 11 and a half inch barrel, if you put a 5.56 and a nine millimeter next to each other, there is um a drastic I mean, I difference i don't i, I mean it's uh, from what i've been told and from what i saw it was i mean pretty close to an inch so, yeah so
0: also let's add mike here but also he's probably got crappy service wherever he's at all right, guys. Mike from Heat Holders is connecting to his audio right now, and he looks super sexy. Uh, look at him! So, Mike has joined us back again, and uh, so we're really happy that he hasn't died or left us. I promise you guys, he's not—he's not dead. But here he is, Mike. You can you can talk. Uh, we're just talking about nine millimeter cans, and you have your SOT, so you can talk about some of that because I know you have you have some cans coming.
2: Oh yeah, what's up, man? Trigger Mike in the building again. Sorry, I've been absent, but uh, what's up?
0: What's going on? Uh, No more clapping, just so you're aware. It's very loud, and I'll have to. Oh,
2: that that (laughs) I gotta get back in the swing of things. You know me. (laughs) All right, so nine millimeter cans. Yes, I got my eye on a few of them right now. um, I just ordered a YHM Resonator R9, Mm. so the gun dock. You know, I read some reviews. Everybody says they take a while to ship it out. They're still taking forever to ship it out. I'm an SOT, so all they really have to do is do a dealer-to-dealer transfer. Those ATF approvals usually only take less than a week sometimes. They come back the same day. But here we are. I ordered it April 2nd or April 1st. Still don't have it, but, you know, it is what it is. That should be coming, you know, soon. I'm also gonna get my hands on an Omega 9K at some point. Uh, when I don't shoot USPSA with my Sig uh, MPX, I'm gonna get the like a six inch inlet We Trust barrel and put the eight inch handguard on there, so I have that integrally suppressed look, you know. Uh, so that's gonna be for that build, and then I'm gonna get an handgun silencer. I think it's what CGS Group chaos gear supply uh just got my staccato finally but it doesn't have a threaded barrel so eventually i'm gonna do that match up with it but that's all i have in the pipeline for nine millimeter can
0: that's good that's good um because i i to be honest uh nine is my my weak suit but as you saw when we went shooting last weekend mike i was i've been picking up my my handgun more and shooting more i've been pretty decent about just trying every, every couple of weeks going out and practicing. But now it's like every day I'm doing my dry fire every day. I'm putting in the reps, doing my dry fire drawing from my concealment holster. Now I, I have my battle belt that I have. Um, and I never use it now. Uh, I put it in my van because, or in my, in my, uh, in my vehicle when I go to the range, because it has my IFAC and everything on it, like a complete blowout kit, but I don't, um, I haven't even been running that. So, um, my, my next few things is, um, definitely getting better with that. And then trying out some of those nine millimeter cans. Cause I have to shoot this guy suppressed. So this is my, my KP nine, mic. I know you haven't been paying attention up until this moment, but this is the KP nine that I've been running and it's, uh, well, I haven't run it yet, but it, I will be, uh, and, um, uh, I'm going to definitely not run it for forever. Um, <clears throat> <but laughs> I do want to shoot it suppressed at some point just so that way I can put some rounds down range suppressed with it. So that way people, you know, get that feeling too. So uh, maybe, maybe next weekend, Mike, um, if you get your, if you get your nine millimeter cans, maybe we can take a couple of them out, run them and run that suppressed.
2: Absolutely. Um, it's half by 28, it's going to have to be a direct thread though.
0: Yeah, it's, it's direct thread. Yeah. All right.
2: Good.
0: Yeah. So I've got that. It's um, from what I'm assuming it's half by 28.
2: Um, yeah,
0: I got so a question. Just a right. quick
2: shooting uh, footnote here before I forget. So something funny happened today. My crown, or whatever you call it, fell out for the third time in two years. And I called the dentist like, "Hey, can I make an emergency appointment?" Almost swallowed my damn crown. Just fell out randomly. And he's like, "Again? Damn it!" He's like, "What have you been doing?" I was like, "I don't know." Then he goes on to say, "You know what? This actually happened to another patient." are you doing anything that has a lot of sonic vibration or, and I was like, Oh, nah. <laughs> it's all the shooting. Rep- <laughs> so, That's funny. It's knocked my damn tooth out. Yeah. Like three times in the last two years. Hilarious. But I just want to throw that out there for anybody for common knowledge. If you got any teeth to just remember when, um, one of our friends was shooting a really short barrel with a really huge muzzle brake. And I felt like my teeth moved. Remember I said that?
0: Yeah, it was you, Mike. You were the one doing that.
2: Oh, well, no, it wasn't me. (laughs) But I was like, man, I felt like my teeth just moved. And I was right.
0: (laughs) No, so we went out to the range. We went out to the range a couple of weekends ago and he takes his YHM can off of the end of his 12.5. And I'm literally like 10 feet away and he starts blasting away like at the target shooting because he's like, oh, I want to see suppressor shift, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I'm 10, maybe 12 feet away, like away and he's shooting and I'm like in line with the baffles of his, of his, of his muzzle brake. And I, and I can just feel it just, just like hitting me. Like, and I, and I swear to God, I was like, fuck, like <laughs> that was, that was insane. Like he's got a 12 and a half inch barrel AR and he's literally, you know, it's punching you like 10 to 12 feet away. You can, you can feel the gas coming out of there so yeah brakes are wild (laughs)
2: i'm definitely getting rid of that uh system getting me one of those reared in mount i don't
0: i don't understand your fascination with the reared in mount
2: well one is pretty as hell you know i'm a guy for aesthetics. that's one um but no that particular asr mount oh i'm sorry the plan b but it just has a better um they have that wrench flat those wrench flats on it so you can take it off uh, yeah, just really tried and true. Everybody's using them now for YHM cans and anything else that'll take that particular thread, uh, mounting or that mount option. So,
0: I know, I'm, I'm super, try. I'm super partial to, uh, chemo.
2: Chemo, I know you are.
0: Yeah. Plus they make really good muzzle devices. So <laughs> even if you never run suppressed, it's a really good muzzle device. Yeah, uh, I told
2: you I had my, uh, I had my eyes set on that particular system for the Galil when I get the Lantac mm-hmm. dragon on that with the chemo and then I'll get the dead air.
0: And to be honest, that? to be honest, the Lantac dragon and the dead air Brake are identical. Um, and the, the weird part is, is I'm not understanding how you can buy the dead air brake for 85 bucks and then the Lantac dragon for 150 like they almost look identical. I think the Lantac dragon is a bit shorter, but they're they're virtually the same three baffle break. So yeah. I'm I'm just a little bit confused on that. I'd like to I'd like to get the break in and the baffle, or I'm sorry, and the dragon. What the fuck is it, Lantac? Um, and, and um, compare them because I feel like they're the same thing in my opinion. So I'm a little confused there. I don't know. To me, to each maybe their own.
2: A, maybe it's a production thing. Well, Everyone is mass produced. Or something.
0: I know. Well, I know that um, precision shooter guys they love putting those dragons on like their bolt guns because I mean they get absolutely no um, recoil. Like you know, their dude yeah. shooting um, 300 wind Mag who are putting land tag dragons on the end of them the 30 cal's and they're you know reducing them well over um 50 recoil so it's like i don't i don't understand um i hope i'm not breaking up can you guys hear me pretty well i can hear you fine okay so mike we don't care about you and uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh but i do feel like with those i do feel like the brakes are great for the cans because they act they act as an initial blast chamber and then they also act as um they also act as a way to make sure your blast baffle doesn't take as much of a hit. So I do I do know that the brakes. If you're going to consistently run suppressed, you should be running a muzzle brake. Um, but the reason why I went with the flash hider for mine is because of the thirteen nine barrel. I wanted the three prong and not the not the Knox. But also I wanted if, if I for any reason if my suppressor ever takes a shit. Or just doesn't work anymore, and it's the end of the world. I want to be able to take it off and at least have a really good flash hiding ability because not even the A2 beats the ability to beat flash like the three prongs do. Plus, that's the uh, only three prong that doesn't ting when it shoots.
1: Yeah. yeah I've, I've only been running flash hiders, but uh, I, I, we were talking about me doing that like 14.5 build, and I was considering with that, I, well, I, not considering, I'd have to do a uh, rugged's um, three-port break yeah. to actually hit the sixteen. So if I do that, that'll be my first break.
0: So you guys both have cans because you have rugged cans, right? Yep.
1: And okay. then gem gem tech for pistol.
0: Mm. And then Mike's just getting everything. Mike's a suppressor whore. He'll take whatever you give him. <laughs> yeah,
2: at this point. Okay. I I'm, I might renew my SOT. I may not. So you'll see a few more coming down the pipeline. I'll well, get. I know you want a surefire? Too. Yeah, but I don't know what I'm gonna run it on at this time. So I'll probably wait.
0: Yeah, I think you should do a surefire direct thread can because I think that that can would last you an eternity. It's a it's a they're great cans. They're direct thread, so you don't have to run the muzzle devices. And then whatever you put it on, you just put it on there and leave it. They're really good direct thread cans, um, and I and and that's the thing. I'm not a big Surefire guy, but I do know that they make a phenomenal can, um, and that's something that I can't I, I can't necessarily knock. I think the price is outrageous, but that's with everything Surefire. I mean, look at their fucking flashlights. They did that. They did that Surefire Micro that only had like 200 lumens, and it's like 400 dollars for that fucking flashlight. <laughs> it's all
2: so good. I think, uh, yeah, Surefire is for sure. Expensive for no reason. In fact, I start like you know me. I'm running their folks, <laughs> their folks stuff just to fit with the holster.
0: Yeah, he runs a a, a fake uh, Surefire <laughs> X300. It's hilarious. Has like four lumens. <laughs> but it's only, it's
2: only because I, you know, for fitment, if it's not my duty gun or my um, home defense, it's like screw it. Not about to pay them another three hundred bucks for an X300B or A or. You know,
0: Hey, are we going to do a rifle pistol class soon? I know you were thinking about that. But. We, we are going to
2: do a hybrid class. Oh, well, in fact, we're going to do, I'm going to contact you for curriculum. All of this craziness is about to slow down. Um, you know, for the audience, like, hey, where the hell is Trigger Mike? His name is on the podcast. Uh, I'm a director at a medical career school, so. I've been working on a project for a year and a half, and it's all launching from multiple programs at the same time. So I literally work all day, every day. I have emails coming in from my inbox right now from instructors and students, and I'm going to have to respond at some point. So, yeah, I'm not uh, icing you guys out. I haven't lost interest. I just I have no time to prepare. Even podcasts take time to prepare and, you know, get the subject matter together and what have I bought and what we're going to talk about. And I literally have zero time to do that and, and reference the class that you just referenced. Um, yeah, we have to take time, get the curriculum together, but there's definitely a demand for it. So I ran my first um, outdoor gunslinger pistol class last weekend. went really well. So uh, we definitely have the equipment between us both to facilitate a good class. And that knowledge that, that we give out, you know, just to our friends for free, it's definitely marketable. I'm telling you that. So, you know, uh, so we got some experience between us to really drive that home to get that audience. So,
0: yeah, I'm a a big rifle guy. And I taught I taught uh, um, like pre-deployment, pre-deployment rifle skills to guys going on deployment, like how to clear rooms and do stuff like that. Now, that's not what I'm going to be teaching at all. I'm pretty much going to be teaching fundamentals for a lot of people and like getting down how to how to build on that i'm um, i'm definitely not in the realm of some of these guys like chris costa and tactical solutions and that yet i mean i i need a lot of refresher and to to be honest i feel like i'd need to take a couple classes before i even remotely give people um advice on you know doing stuff but i i run a rifle the way i run a rifle and i don't expect anybody else to do it that way but i can always help um make the transition to you running a rifle a little bit better, but I'm not, again, I am not an instructor of anything. It's been years since I've instructed people. Um, I don't mind helping and I will definitely be there to help you Mike and and help instruct with that. But I want everybody to know I am not confident in my, I'm confident, I'm not confident in my current ability to instruct people on what to do. So I I think I can, go ahead.
2: But you know what's really funny when you say that is because I've been an instructor for you know going on like six years now, official capacity. So I've taught anatomy courses and all that. And I got that job, like, you know, everybody goes into the job market, like, hey, you need to have experience. So I got that job by flukes. You know, I had skills that were technical, right? So they used my medical skills from the Navy and they said they were going to teach me how to instruct. So I've learned that way organically and the one thing you always be like no i'm not an instructor but when someone asks you a question while we're out and i watch you give them instructions i roll my eyes every time you say you're not an instructor because you will give detailed procedural instructions on how to execute a certain step with a rifle but then you say you're not an instructor so me knowing that I manage instructors, I am an instructor of various disciplines and subjects, looking at you say you're not an instructor, I just I just wanna laugh and break out in laughter every time. I, I think you're like more bashful about instructing a group of people, but trust me when I say you are an instructor through and through. Because I think someone was like, Hey man, how do I like ask you a simple question about how to engage multiple targets. You remember that? Yeah. I, while moving and you gave him a broken down by objective <laughs> uh step by step heel toe to heel toe. like and I was just like okay this guy keeps saying he's not instructed. this is hilarious
0: well so That's my what my background is in instructing I did that I like. Uh, I remember I remember instructing groups of, of soldiers but to be honest like I don't I, I I haven't done it in so long I would honestly feel uh, like I need, I need to refresh that. So um, a lot of what's going to happen this weekend is is a is a is a multiple role thing of me going out shooting, refining my my instructor my instruction techniques on like what I would do, refining my shot placement because I feel like that needs to be refined more than anything. I can't ask people to do something if I can't do it myself. So you know that's the thing. As so it's like there's a lot of things that I need to hone in there. Now granted. I am not the best shooter in the world. I think I'm pretty damn good and I could run up against a lot of people. I sure as hell know that I could beat right to bear in a rifle match, but I I there are just things that I can't um I can't put my stamp or my my proof on that I wouldn't I wouldn't feel comfortable unless I felt comfortable doing it. So it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not an instructor, but I can instruct. I can instruct on what I know and what I've had to do. But I, I don't feel confident in stating that I am an instructor like all these other dudes who go out and instruct. And I'm not talking about you, Mike. I'm talking about all the other people that I know. <laughs> um, but I, I tell
2: you, I yeah, I've been back in the shooting for a few years, and it's only because I instruct at the but the reason why I think you'll be successful is because like you said you're not comfortable talking about things that you know you feel like you don't know to expert level but trust when it comes to like basics like that's why I teach a handgun basic class when it comes to basic stuff or even like advanced tactics you can pull out an entire curriculum from the stuff that you're an expert at so that's how I think most instructors will kind of take shape and, you know, that's their claim to fame, right? Like, oh, you teach this real well. Like, I've been back into shooting maybe three years and teaching handgun basics from a I will get you on target. I teach the people I teach best. And this is actually the group of people instructors hate the most experience. They hate new people that have never shot before. <laughs> they, they hate those group of people. But I think i put an intelligent approach into teaching those people. 'Cause the first thing everybody will say is, Man, those people are gonna kill themselves and you're gonna win Well, I told remember I told you that's why I make them load one bullet at a time for like yeah. twenty rounds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, that's, problem <laughs> you know
2: that's the thing it's like
0: solved. when i was in the army doing my instructor course i was getting guys who'd already gone through basic training who'd already had initial steps so it was easier for me to pick up and roll with them and be like look this is how you're going to roll into this role this is how you're going to do mount training this is how you're going to do that 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 was a lot of the stuff that i had a lot of experience in especially mount training because i uh, the army did teach me how to do mount which is movement in urban terrain so um Uh, so it's it's uh it's urban terrain it's like like moving through neighborhoods and things like that like that was what my specialty was uh, how to dismount vehicles dismounted patrols things like that like that was what i did that's what i taught guys that was not um but i i guys that came to me already had the basics and i can teach them at a unit level how i want it to be done uh, for when they go overseas so it's like that's you know and there's a lot of curriculum on that like the army has like i remember learning it from a dude who was um that we had we had two instructors who was a, a ranger and one was um third third special forces group and both yep. of those guys came out and instructed me and a couple other guys on how to instruct these dudes on how to do this stuff so it's it was it was fun for me because i got to learn from some dudes who are really high speed guys and then it was fun for me to teach because i got to see people who weren't combat arms had nothing to do with combat arms, go into the role and feel more confident in having to use a rifle. Now granted, I this is not a group of people I would go raid a town with, but as a group of people I would trust to pull security around a convoy. You know, like (laughs) like that's that was what my thing was. Like I'm teaching you how to pull security. I'm teaching you how to keep from dying. And then after that you know, I can refine your skills once you learn this. Um, But I never got to, I never got to refine people's skills. It was like with night vision. I got to teach a lot of people how to do the basics and introduction into night vision. But once they learned it, they went, they got handed off to other people who knew more down the line. Now, granted, night vision is now a unit thing. And I was, a. I was happy to be a part of the unit thing of night vision. But for a long time, night vision stuff was not Integrated into your typical soldier. So when I learned night vision, it was all in my my combat arms, and it was in the specialty of that. It wasn't, um, it wasn't broken into unit level tactics at that point. So learning night vision and unit level tactics, and then learning night vision in like special forces type roles, is two completely different things. So yeah, again. I'm I'm breaking off here and I'm sorry but that that's what I'm saying is like I'm confident in my role of being an instructor but I'm not confident in my role of being the subject matter expert I guess is what I'm saying. I can instruct people but I don't I'm not going to be teaching them how to go to war just yet. I need to get I need to get back on that horse myself.
2: I feel you. So Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to say I'm not I don't think I'm ready to <laughs> Jeez, Mount Town training. When you say that, every time I hear the term Mount Town, my knees start throbbing. Right? <laughs> that training was so extensive. And I could have swore. And, you know, as a foreman, people forget that, you know, we are always in short supply. So they'll be calling squads out to go to the meltdown. Like, poor man, go with squad four. I just went with squads one, two, and three. Can I go eat now? Like, <laughs> what the hell going on? You can eat after you're dead. Like, <laughs> like, so it, like, it, it was weird because it's like, you don't want to complain because, you know, it's the Marine. And I was in the Navy, but I was attached to the Marine Corps. For those of you like, I thought he was in the Navy. And, you know, you don't want to complain, but you're like, uh. Somebody get me an MRE. I've lost all the electrolytes in my body. I'm going to pass out.
0: If anybody so we're, ever says that they were, they were a Marine Corps doc, um, that means they were a Navy corpsman. And if they say I was a Marine Corps doc, but I was in the Marine Corps, then they're lying to you and that's stolen valor and don't listen to them. <laughs> yeah, I'm always making a clear point that I was in the Navy because
2: you know, a lot of people don't know that distinction. Like, they don't know how to make that distinction. And you know, somebody tried to call me out once, Oh, you're in the Marine Corps now. I thought you were in the Navy, and it's like, ugh. <laughs> aside from me wanting to slap the shit out of him, I was just like, let me explain. I'm just tired of explaining at this point. Well, that's you the, get
0: it. That's the thing. It's um, 19 Delta is like our main, our main. Function is recon. So nineteen delta being a cavalry scout, your main function is recon. They're like, oh, so you're some sort of high speed scout sniper? I'm like, no, my job is reconnaissance, sir. <laughs> like, they don't even know what recon means, right? Yeah, they don't. They don't know. They don't know reconnaissance. Like a lot of guys are out here, with like with their recce rifles, and I'm like, these guys couldn't give me a, a picture of. Uh, you couldn't plot a sector of fire if I asked you to. Well, is that Baltimore? <laughs> oh man. Oh, you can hear
2: the sirens and stuff?
0: Sorry. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks for for pissing off all the podcast listeners. Um, but uh no, the uh the messed up part about it uh is, you know, you can tell all these guys that have like all their recce guns, if I gave you a sector of fire to plot, you couldn't you couldn't give me range estimates and you couldn't do any half the stuff unless you're a prior service. Like a lot of these dudes hop on the bandwagon of of Oh yeah, I'm going to build a recce rifle. What are you recceing? What are you re- what what do you need to do recon of? <laughs> like what are what are you reconning? I really want to know. Like cuz I I spent 7 years doing recon and I can tell you right now if I never have to pick it up again, I never will. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is it's a shit job. It sounds really yeah, cool even and doing Sarah. that like filling in for the recon corpsman or like
2: the Marstock corpsman or you know just going out on some of their exercises, is it was a little
0: too much. It's,
2: yeah, it was, what, hey, what's the actual word for... Isn't it like reconnoitering or
0: something like that? Yeah, what's reconnoitering. A... Yeah, it's something like that. I don't fucking know. There was a whole class about it when I went into base training, and they are like, you're going to be a 19 Delta, and this is what you're going to do. And I swear to God, I'd run on three days without any sleep, so I wasn't paying attention to a fucking thing they were saying other than you can now go to bed. <laughs> so... Yeah, they they get. I remember they went through when they did like a whole thing about the history of like the cavalry and like where, how we came from the, the British and the dragoons, and that's really the only thing I remember because I was like, oh fuck the British, and then, um, and then I remember they went into that and they were talking about the history of the cavalry and I don't remember a fucking thing. And then we had to take a test on it. I was, like, don't know. I was trying not to fall asleep. I was literally doing this in the class. I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've reached
2: to... my destination.
0: All right. So, Mike, uh, you, you got to go. Thank you for joining us briefly. Right, um,
1: yeah, thanks for hopping on. I told uh, I told them that they needed proof of life. It had been a while.
2: <laughs> hopefully a, hopefully, oh, hopefully starting now I see my teeth and eyeballs. So I yeah, can get
0: off. But hopefully <laughs> we right. we are we are diversifying here. We do have one black guy. So
2: <laughs> opportunity podcasting.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Mike, for joining us.
2: Till next time.
0: Oh uh, catch you later. <laughs> so then that was Mike. Sorry we went off on a tangent there. Um I think I think well, we're gonna do our part two tomorrow because we're technically gonna miss our next scheduled episode. So did you still want to cover a little bit about night vision today and then we can deep dive into it tomorrow or whatever?
1: Uh sure. I mean, uh, do we want to talk about the IR? Do we want to talk about? I mean, I the one thing I'm still kind of confused about because I've been eyeing the two different units on Brown um, was I was looking at the AGM uh, PVS14 that we looked at that auto gated, but then there was also that site mark one that listed as auto, auto on off and like what what is I don't know I look at this stuff and there is just you know there's probably like hundreds of different PVSs out there like what the hell is the difference between
0: I'm gonna tell units? you I'm gonna tell you right now I will probably just stick to the auto gated Gen three because that's Uh, Gen 3 plus, I'm sorry, Um, because the Gen 3 is is really clear. I think the FOM rating, which to be honest, to get into the FOM rating, I'm going to have to break a lot of that stuff down. And with that, I'm going to tell you off the bat, I don't really know how the FOM rating works. Um, I do know that with certain FOM ratings, it means you're going to get defects in the night vision itself. So you'll have spots. If you have a lower FOM rating, I believe it's worse. And if you have a higher FOM rating, it's called FOM, so that's why I'm saying FOM. Um, so, Foxtrot, Oscar, Mike. Uh, <clears throat> the FOM rating goes; uh, the higher it is, the more close to military spec you get. So, like, I think the average what you should be what you should be in is, I think, and don't quote me on this because I'm not a night vision expert, but 2400 to 2800, I think, is like what higher end civilian models are. You will have slight defects. They will show up. They shouldn't be in your way. Um, now there's different zones. You go like zone three and then is the outer circle. Zone two is the middle circle. And zone one is like everything that's not zone three and zone two. So <clears throat> you I, go ahead. And I
1: think I, I think I know what you're talking about from like the research I've done because they, they should provide you like a spec card that lists out where the blems are on the tube. So just to be clear, I guess for like those listening that That's what you're referring to, right?
0: Yes. And apparently you're not allowed to show that to the internet from what I've seen from a lot of people. Like they are like, oh, you're not allowed to show this on the internet. I don't know if the CIA is going to come and cut your head off in the middle of the night if you do show it on the internet. But a lot of the guys who have that paperwork, they read the specs off, but then they won't show you like what's on the paper. Like, and they're like, oh no, I can't show you what's on the paper. So it's like either they're lying or something. I have no idea. I don't know if that's, that's weird. A, I don't know if it's an ITAR thing, like you can't like distribute this information to people in different countries. I have no I, idea. Yeah,
1: I've, I've heard that like uh, you can't, I guess, like take a plane and you know hop over to like Europe or something with your night vision because of ITAR.
0: Seems quite you, stupid, but yeah,
1: I, I've heard that's also, like an
0: issue. You also apparently can't get on a plane with a parachute, so they don't they frown upon that apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I think you know, wanting to be the only person that lives in the event of a plane crash, I don't think I'm doing such a bad thing here.
1: <laughs> You're kind of on to something. I...
0: <laughs> but Granted, it might
1: be if you show up in like the full outfit. <laughs>
0: yeah, they get they get all um they get all weird about like you can't bring your parachute on the plane. Well then what's the point of being in a plane? I thought we were supposed to jump out of them. <laughs> yeah which I've only been skydiving once and it wasn't in the military. And I really want to go again. Like, I really want to go again. I think I just need to lose about another 30 pounds. I've lost about 12 so far. So I need to, I need to keep going.
1: I, I, uh, I don't know. Jumping out of a
0: plane just doesn't... What if I put a parachute on you, we went up and then we crashed two planes into each other and we're like, look, we got to jump or we're going to die. I think at that point, you kind of have to do it.
1: Uh, I mean, I...
0: What I if I... What if I became in what if I became a, a dual jump status person? So where I could take you up and you could I could strap you to me and then we'll like jump out of the plane together. Like I'll hold you on the way, I'll cuddle you on the way down. I don't I don't know. I don't
1: know if I could do it. <laughs> and
0: I I I
1: I I have got uh, some pretty big names of the skydiving community in my family. <laughs> so and even I still uh, I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've always
0: I've always been a, an adrenaline guy there, but I'm sorry, getting back to getting back into night vision. Um, I don't understand like why like why some of that stuff can't be shown. So I think I think at some point I'm gonna have to contact somebody at AGM. I think you have a contact at AGM, correct?
1: You know, I emailed them. They never emailed back.
0: Oh, well, then that because they were,
1: uh, they saw I wanted, I said what I wanted. I told somebody that I wanted the AGM. I think I listed off the exact model and everything and AGM was like oh drop us an email and I was like I'm a brand ambassador for Brownells and Junkyard Ops I'm planning on going through them never got an email back
2: um
1: but I even asked them like questions because I'm like this would be my first my first pair so I don't know a little disappointed uh
0: I only ever ran their
1: response but
0: I only ever ran a PVS-14, so my my PVS-14 was just a monocular. It went over my left eye. You can, you can swap them left or right, it doesn't matter, because the J-arm and all that does everything. I have all my support gear to run night vision. Um, the only thing I need is a counterweight on the back of my helmet, and looking at it, I don't know if I'm gonna run the batteries yet. I think I'm gonna run these spare batteries, but I think I'm gonna run a counterweight with that spare battery, so that way my helmet's perfectly level. But my helmet is my old combat helmet from the Army, um, and it's a, it's a Mitch two, I believe. Uh, and I have my, i have my rental mount and I have my J arm and then I have my fucking tilting thing that goes up and down and that's what I ran in the military. So I've got, I got no problem with that shit. Um, I'm just, I, I just, my thing is, is I think it's going to be weird getting back into it. Cause I, I looked through somebody else's night vision a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and I was like, fuck, like it brought back all the, like you know, all the fun times, like were, I could even start smelling the grass, you know, <laughs> it was like, mm. were,
1: were you, uh, when you were in, was it gen three or were you using like gen two stuff
0: to be a hundred percent honest? I didn't know. Um, I do mm-hmm. know it was auto-gated because when people would turn on their lights, it would kind of dim down. Um, and I know that if I wanted to purchase it, cause I literally asked, I was like, so if I lost this and filed a statement of charges, how much would it cost? And they told me it was going to be $4,100. So at that point I was like, I don't have $4,100. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was a sensitive item uh, along with the purse four that I had, or no, I'm sorry, not the purse four, the pec four that I had. Um, that was a sensitive item, but I didn't technically lose that. I turned that back into the army. So um, <laughs> that wasn't sold for money on the black market. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, that's-
1: and that, The auto gated thing, because you know I overanalyze the hell out
0: of shit. I know it drives me a little crazy sometimes. (laughs) I bet it (laughs) does. So uh, the auto
1: gate thing, like, what what I'm struggling with here is what light damages your tube.
0: All light. All light. All light will damage your tube. It has to be consistent and direct. So. All light will damage your tube, but it has to be consistent and direct. The cool thing about auto-gating is if you can get your night vision away, it will have automatically dampened the amount of light coming in to the point where it's going to do less damage to the tube. But all bright light, all bright light, not starlight or anything like that. But all, like, if you stare at the moon and it's a really, really bright moon, and you stick and you you take your daylight filter off and you and you stare at the moon, that can cause damage to your for, to your night vision. So, as like far street as, lights. I'm aware, as far as I'm aware, but okay. if you run your daylight filter, that is which is what you put on there, and it's got a pinhole, like a in pinhole, it, it's got yeah. a little pinhole in it, that will save like ninety nine percent. Of your, of your stuff. When I was in the army, we were really never allowed to take off our daylight filters. Like they didn't really want you to do that. Plus you're, oh, really? a, you're a little extra reflective with that on there or with that off of there. So when I was in the army, we ran all of our stuff with a daylight filter and we really never used the IR illuminator flood. So that was, that was kind of a thing. Um, but again, I wasn't high speed. Like I wasn't an army ranger. I didn't do any of that stuff. I did get to train with some of those dudes. They did teach me some of that stuff. They came out to our unit um, and taught us some of that stuff. But I, like, again, I never, never never did actual training with those guys. They taught us. So I trained under them. Because um, <clears throat> there's dudes out there who'll be like, I trained with Special Forces. Okay, did you train with Special Forces or did you take a course that was taught by someone who had a special forces tab because I took courses that were taught by people who had ranger tabs and special forces tabs and were in ranger group and special forces group but I never trained with them doing their stuff so let's get that out there in the open Um, (laughs) but when I learned it I learned it like through an actual course curriculum that the army taught and I believe I don't know what the TM is on that, actually. I'd have to go find it. Um, but in my little green book that I have, I remember writing down notes in there about a lot of the night vision stuff. Um, now, I do remember there's a depth of feel issue when you when yep. you put on your night vision because you're only using one eye. If you're yep. using dual tubes, I guess it's not as bad. But you gotta, That's remember, what I've heard. I, I gotta remember, I've never run dual tubes other than a friend's dual tube. And to me, that, that messed me up more because I've only ever run one tube. It messed me up more because I was constantly trying to look through my right eye to look at things like that, that I was like trying Mm. to do, and then use my left eye to use, to use my night vision. So when I ran the dual tubes, it messed me up because it was really hard for me to break the green. It it was really hard for me to gain my night vision back on my right eye. Like Ah. you have, you have natural night vision in your eye that's not being used. And which, which I will say the downside to the monocular, it will give you a headache because one eye is a little tighter and this eye is not, so it's, and if it's not always pitch black on your right eye or your left eye, I'm sorry. If it's not always pitch black on your opposite eye, I gotta remember why I'm backwards from everybody. So <laughs> if, it's not, if it's not in your non-dominant eye, if it's not like completely pitch black and you're doing things and you're trying to do stuff with your other eye and do that, like you gotta remember it's going to consistently mess with your depth of field because you're going from something over here and then you're going to over here. So you can trip on things and cause trip hazards. I remember seeing privates go ass over tea kettle in a field because they stepped in a pothole that they thought was five feet in front of them and it wasn't. So um, you just have to remember to be kind of weary about what you're doing. But once you get the hang of it, like once your brain finally figures out what's going on, it's all quick. It's very rapid. Like you pick it up and you're like, oh. I can do things. You're like, now, I have superpowers. <laughs> now,
1: how long, how long does like, when you say, when your brain picks up on it, like when you have, are you saying like, like 30 minutes, did...
0: like 20, oh, okay. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I think 30 minutes at the most. Like if you're really low speed individual, 30 minutes, I think, okay. I think if you're high speed, I remember it took me about 10 minutes to kind of get used to it. And then once I got used to it, I was bam, I was there. Um, now, I mean, there could be some special forces guys like, fucking two minutes, dumbass. But, you know, like... Yeah, well, those dudes are probably all <laughs> running quads now anyways. <laughs> I know, right? $45,000 night vision Yeah, um, that I don't have, I it's won't crazy. have the money for. It. That's a car, okay? Like, I'm not going to do yeah. that. <laughs> I might buy, like, two single tubes and have a backup, you know, but I'm not... Um... Yeah,
1: that was my my big concern, though, is, like, making the investment into it and then, like, what light damages it,
0: so... Hey. Yeah. So and like,
1: I mean, like if you're out walking the streets, streetlights, you're saying that kind of stuff will damage it?
0: Well, yeah, don't look at a streetlight. I mean, it's the same thing as like, don't point your, your so long as laser I'm in, your
1: eyeball. As long as you're in motion, not <laughs> staring at it.
0: Yeah. Running your daylight filter will definitely help because then you won't have to consistently, like when you run your daylight filter, you won't have to consistently change your focus. Oh, okay. So when you run your daylight filter, that's another reason why I like the daylight filter. There's a lot of guys out there who are like, oh, you just got to consistently focus, or I could put the daylight filter on, and I don't have to do any of that. You know, because all the light's coming through a smaller thing, it's like everything is kind of in focus. Um, Versus when you take that off, it's gathering all the light, so then you have shit that's out of focus, and in focus, and out of focus, and then you got to sit there and focus your ring and do all that. It gets to be a huge pain in the ass,
1: which
0: which is why I will probably continuously run the daylight filter unless there is no ambient light. Then you have to take that off and you have to have that set at whatever distance but, but, you need it at.
1: But if you're out in, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in a uh, urban setting versus like a rural setting. I mean, rural setting, if I'm out in a farm field, I really don't even need to run the, the filter then.
0: Yeah, no, you, you would you would almost never. Like uh, there are times where you run the filter and there are times where that you don't want the filter. So that's, it's all dependent upon what's Situation. happening. Yeah, it's situationally yeah. dependent, I guess, how that, mm-hmm. how that should be put. Um, <clears throat> so have that in mind. Uh, have in mind how you're going to w- set up your gear. Like you were saying, like, you didn't want to invest in the helmet so far. Like, I have my helmet because I invested seven years in the military and all their bullshit. I felt like a helmet was, was warrantied. To me. So, you know, war- warranted, not warrantied. I felt, felt like I'd earned that with all my blood, sweat, and tears and my joints that I gave to the military. So I felt like, you know, they wouldn't mind missing a helmet and they didn't. I didn't ever see a statement of charges for that helmet. Um, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is um, pick and choose how you want to do it. I firmly believe having the night vision and building the stock to everything else later is, is wholly acceptable. Um, the only reason why like I'm not going to go buy an HHV helmet or do anything like that I'm sorry if someone was using an ice maker I hope that wasn't super loud <laughs> I, I but, didn't even notice <laughs> so um, building on that I feel like once you get the night vision you can slowly find reasons to make investments in different things
1: yeah I think we what I'm thinking right now is I want to get my uh, monocular um, researching the helmets I'm probably going to start with a bump and then maybe down the road invest in an actual ballistic one just kind of get my feet wet and um, to be
0: honest i don't think you'll see how much i
1: use it and that kind of stuff
0: i don't think you'll ever really need to invest in a ballistic helmet unless you're charging through doors like the only reason why i have a ballistic helmet that i would not trust to take a ballistic round right now but the only reason why i have that is because that was what was issued to me in the military yeah and that is what i took with me when i left the military but and which you're not allowed to do so don't do what i did um (laughs) (laughs) fuck you us army
1: (laughs) i think people i i think there's a lot of people that always get something
0: (laughs) yeah you get something just figure out what it is and hopefully don't fuck you for it yeah it's it's Uh, the one prize (laughs) yeah no like that's one of the things i would say is um buy the night vision they usually come with a skull crusher of some kind which is the shitty band that you get when you when you usually buy them. I think AGM even says that theirs comes with it. Um, so that will that will come with all of that. And then build what you want to do use as the support system with that. So once you get the night vision, then you're going to need the Rhino mount for your helmet. You're going to need the helmet itself. You're going to need to figure out what works with that helmet because some mounts don't work with certain helmets, like the tanker style helmets that have the, the well, I call them tanker because I never used them, but now they use the, the full cut uh, where I, I had a, I had a full cut helmet. Now they use a quarter cut or a half cut helmet. So it's, it comes up over here and you and you have the ears open so you can attach your ears. And I remember when I was in the army, um, it was, you dealt with hearing loss. So now it's completely different. Um, and how you run all that stuff is, is, is different now, but I, I, I'm pretty much going to go to my old setup that I ran in the military and kind of figure out what I'd like to change from there. So tomorrow let's talk about, or when we run our next podcast, um, we're going to talk about, um, how we're going to kind of set up our night vision stuff. And then we'll talk about all that so we'll we'll figure that out because at some point toward the end of this year i'm getting night vision and you're getting night vision in like the next couple months so you'll be able to talk about that i am
1: super super excited
0: you're Um, trust me it's it's a superpower that you can buy like and it's and it's super cool so um just make sure that you protect your investment and don't like put it in your trunk and then let people steal that shit like Make sure that wherever you're going, it's in its dark bag. It's got its daylight cover on, so you're not exposing it to sunlight. But if you're taking it places, make sure that, you know, don't show it to people who have fast hands.
1: I was almost thinking a pelican case.
0: Yeah, you do that. Anything, anything that, I mean, you could even put them in dark bags because in the army, it comes in a sock. And then you put that sock, you put that sock in a green, in a green. Oh, okay. So it's a it's especially a built ammo It's got foam in it you put that in there but it comes in a black sock and then i remember putting that in there and then being able to close that and have that and that's kind of how you 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 carried your night yeah. vision around i um, mean i showed you i've got that
1: um my buddy that was a marine gave me his uh issue night vision green bag yeah. um and then i have the j hook and all of that stuff that he was issued so i'm gonna run that i know everybody's running these wilcox i started looking at like I hadn't looked into the prices because they get like I got these off my buddy, um, huge thanks to him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, my the, Rhino. The mount. Wilcox
1: one, man. Whew,
0: those things are like five hundred bucks. Yeah, my Rhino mount I think was like two hundred bucks. And then my my the thing that connects your J your J arm to the swivel piece. I yep. have that. That's like three hundred bucks. Like that. Oh, shit's ex- that
1: shit's expensive. So. I thought they were all. um one piece because i i googled when he gave them to me and they were like 200 bucks for the whole the set
0: oh okay the but maybe, maybe they're different i have it might have come down
1: but knew they might be <clears throat> yeah i don't know i was i was surprised um but yeah i'm i know you gotta you gotta probably run and grab dinner
0: yes um, i am going to run and grab dinner. yeah uh,
1: we can chat some more tomorrow i have uh i think i've decided on Helmet company and that kind of stuff. So we'll talk about that.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, don't go with Team Wendy. Fuck those traders. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's you think.
1: already gave away who I am uh, not going with.
0: <laughs> um, but no, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, what do you always say when we we exit out of here or exit out of your uh, videos? Run,
1: run suppress, stay
0: blessed. Oh yeah, and give your give your give your oh, stuff. Oh.
1: yeah. Um, so the my Instagram is it's molar time. I. Uh, ts dot millar dot time and it's the same on uh, YouTube and uh, Facebook.
0: Facebook, there you go. And then, I have to think everywhere I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then for my Instagram, it's hoodlums. Uh, look that up: hoodlums underscore gun underscore bench. And then on my YouTube, I think it's just hoodlums gun bench is one word. Uh, and then, as I always say, shoot him in the face. Hope you guys have a good one.